You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, home stretch here on Silver and Black today. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. We appreciate it. The really handsome dude next to me is Mo Moten. He's the national senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. Also, Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com. You can catch him uh, on Twitter at Mo Moten. M O E. M-O-T-O. And I'm Scott Branson, your co-host, LV Gully on Twitter. You can also catch my work up on Sports.net and uh, here coming up this week, my debut piece on RaiderRamble.com as well. So, uh, yes, we're all over the place. We're trying. We're getting geared up. It's football season, man. And I think my wife and kids are like, oh, okay, here's my dad'll be in the studio all, all week again. Uh, they're getting ready for that. I told them, no, not till September. Not till September. We still got a month. I mean, it gets busy. But the, the show schedule here, we go from two shows a week to around four or sometimes five, depending. Uh, so, so yes, so it starts to camp. But I love it, man. It's this time of the year. Football's close. College football's only, what, 40 days away? About 40, yeah, about 40 days away. So we, we, get, some, we get some football that counts yes. on the collegiate level very, very soon. So that's usually, very, very soon. Usually around Labor Day. Although that's, I've, that's a great time. Being here in Ohio, I've enjoyed the summer because I don't have to listen to all the Ohio State crap. Now it's getting geared up. So my my buddies, <laughs> my buddies who I meet on Thursday nights to smoke cigars and have bourbon, now they're starting with their stuff, right? And then oh, you're a Notre Dame fan. Oh, they suck. You have to hear that all the time. Now we share our, our hate of Michigan, but uh, other than that, but it's you know it's Ohio, man. College, college football, high school football, pro football, it's big. So it, it's um. It's that time of the year, but I love it because that means we have something to talk about, which is cool. Just a side, just just a side note. Did you see Lane Kiffin's? Oh my press god! Conference. Lane Kiffin looked like he just came out of someone said the Hangover sequel movie. He looked disheveled up there. He was talking about Nick Saban and people basically poking the bear, saying, "You know, it's Alabama's dynasty over with." And he's saying, "Well, you guys are are putting the battery in his back and, and giving him some motivation, <laughs> some bulletin board material." Yeah. But I, I could not take my eyes off of just his appearance. And I'm like, wow, Lane Kiffin either had a, a long summer or he had a, a wild summer. This a long, year. Yeah, a wild summer. <laughs> or he was trying to debut and get ready to walk the red carpet for the Barbie movie. Kind of looked at that, that <laughs> the, the the frosty colored hair he had going there, too. He had yeah, some like yeah. some what do they call highlights in his hair? Yeah. Yeah. By the Our way, friend- I, I don't I can't believe I just don't. I don't understand the whole Barbie movie thing, especially for, for guys like girls grew up with Barbie. I get it. 
I just don't get it. Anyway, that's a different subject for a different day. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, I'm going to see Oppenheimer and how they created the bomb who could kill us all. But anyway, here we are. Okay. So training camp and Mo, we, we have to cover stories around the NFL as well because it, you never know where rosters are going to make out. You never know who guys are having trouble, especially within the division. Chris Jones is holding out basically in Kansas City. We'll start with that one. He's not happy with his contract. Of course, he had a monster game uh, against the the Bengals and then had a great Super Bowl. And so we got some trouble in Kansas City early, which you haven't seen over the years. They took care of Mahomes. They've took, taken care of guys to keep that core together. And then, of course, they added the seven rookies who started for them in the Super Bowl last year. But you look at what's happening there. Big news in the AFC West. Big news in the AFC West. I do expect – the Chiefs to come to a deal with uh, an agreement with Chris Jones before week one. Uh, Joe Coy, who's a friend of the show, CBS mm-hmm. Sports, former NFL player agent, said he he um, he provided an interesting detail that I wasn't quite aware of that because of the 2020 CBA, teams aren't allowed to waive fines for players. So in previous years, a player would miss training camp during a holdout, and if they report Teams usually would waive those fines that incurred over over the days. I believe it was like fifty thousand per day. Mm-hmm. But with the new CBA, teams aren't allowed to waive those fines. So what that tells me is he he probably feels like he's going to make that money back. So the fine money that he loses by holding <laughs> out and missing camp, he's going to yeah. make that back on a new deal. I expect him to have a deal that's close to Aaron Donald. Maybe not more than Aaron Donald, but if you look at the market, defensive tackles have been getting paid Big. this offseason. Quinnen wins. Yes. The Jets got paid. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons of the Tennessee Titans got paid. Javon Hargrave, who signed with the San Francisco 49ers and, and Fredsy, got paid. So I think Chris Jones is looking at the market and saying defensive tackle market, unlike the running back market, is exploding like the wide receiver mm. market did two years ago. I need to get my pay right now while I'm still playing at an all-pro level, and I think that's what's going to happen with him and the Chiefs. Yeah, and, and a savvy move, like you said, with leverage, right, yeah. where – Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, they didn't have the leverage because of the depressed market at the running back position. So fascinating there, but we'll keep an eye on that one. The other thing was we talked about injuries with the Raiders. The Ravens have signed a familiar face to AFC West fans, and that's running back Melvin Gordon just to a one-year deal because J.K. Dobbins was put on the pup list. Now, like you said, if he gets healthy before uh, week one, then he won't miss time during the regular season. But uh, that was a big deal because we talked about J.K. Dobbins was wanting a, a new deal in Baltimore, and he's not healthy. You talk about not having leverage upon not having leverage. J.K. Dobbins in a tough spot, Mo, in Baltimore. Yeah, I said it last week. He's not going to get a new deal. Even if he was healthy, he's not going to get a new deal because his highest rushing numbers, I believe, 820 rushing yards in the yeah. season last year, and he missed a whole year because of an injury. So he wasn't going to get paid with the market the way it is and because of his production, and he hasn't been much involved in the passing game. I think today's NFL running backs, and I had a conversation with a Raiders reporter over the past few days, and he he was basically asking, you know, what do running backs have to do now to get paid and possibly go to the Hall of Fame? And I said, a lot of these running backs now are going to have to follow the Marshall Falk mold. And what I mean by that is they're going to have to be 1,000-yard rushers and come close to 1,000 yards in receiving. So they're going to have to be complete running backs, not just great on the ground, but they're going to have to be dynamic to get those big deals because then they could say, look, I'm not just a running back. I'm a running back and a top pass catcher. Now, that didn't work out so well for Austin Eckler because he still didn't get paid 
but he's also <laughs> up there in age. So if you're a running back between the, you know, 25 or younger, start getting those receiving yards because that's how you're going to get paid because you can say I should be paid partially as a wide receiver as well because of what I can do for the offense in the passing game. Yeah. Uh, and and fascinating discussion. And we're going to talk more about the league. We'll, of course, focus on the Raiders as we do 99% of the time here. By the way, coming up on um, Thursday's show, we have special guest Ross Tucker. If you're familiar with Ross Tucker, covers the NFL, former NFL player, part of the family here at Odyssey Sports, also does TV work for CBS Sports and radio work for, for Westwood One. So we're going to pick his brain about the Raiders so we'll get another national voice who covers uh, that. So he'll be on uh, Thursday's show. So stay tuned for that. One of the other things I wanted to bring up, and I know somebody asked us, I think in the mailbag segment, or they might have asked us on Twitter, I can't remember which one, if we had watched the Netflix series Quarterback. Have you watched any of it yet, Mo, before your have, schedule and you not, can't even sleep? <laughs> I have not got to watch any of it yet. Shout out to Allison, who was in the chat last week when we, had our, we yes. had our show on Thursday. She was uh, talking about the show, and I told her that I would tune into it. Even during a busy season, I can at night kind of tune in and see what the hubbub is about. And I will do that, but I haven't been yes. able to do it over the past few days. Yes. And uh, I hope Allison's okay with it, but Mo and I were talking at, after that show and we've decided anytime you guys send us super chats, which is basically if, if you're listening and not watching us on YouTube, on YouTube, you can actually donate or pay us if you will, because you're happy with the content of the discussion or you like your question answered. Um, and so that in itself we're going to donate that to the One Nation Foundation, Murph's Foundation over at Raider Fan Radio. Does great things. They're working with uh, Raider Dad, another charity we talked about as well here. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. So we're not going to keep that money. We're going to pass it on to them. So anything you donate here, you can go to their show and donate. But anything you donate on YouTube from Super Chat, we're sending it right over to the One Nation Foundation. But giving back to the community, giving back to the community, and a, and a big thanks to Murph for being a big part of our show. Absolutely. Yes. And he'll be back very, very soon, starting with some preseason games. So we're going to have some fun uh, there as well. And I will be going down to Nashville. I will be doing a show from there, Mo. Um, one of their one of their live shows will be good. I, I have no idea. Something tells they are naturally jovial, happy, good people, all three of them, including Jeff and Michelle. Uh, but I, I just I think there's some alcohol off, off off camera. I'm just saying I don't know for sure. I'm just feeling like there might be. <laughs> I, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot, and because and, no. I've I haven't been on the show, I have to make an appointment to be on that show. Yep. And of course, we're familiar with Murph, but you mentioned uh, Swag Jeff and Michelle. Yeah. Shout out to them too, because they're part of that team that they have over there, Red Nation Radio and Raider Fan Radio. So I want to. I told Murph that I would eventually show up. I have to uh -huh. keep my promise. I'm a man of my word, Murph. I will be <laughs> on the show at some point before week one. I will join will. you and have a good time. Uh, alcoholic beverages or not. Uh, it'll be a good time. That's right. That's right. So we will do that. But back to the <laughs> Netflix. I know we get we get distracted. Uh, and sometimes in these third this third segment, we like to have fun with it when we do mail next time. But anyway, so the Netflix series, I've now watched a few episodes. And the one thing I'll tell you, and I've heard other people tell me this after I, because people said, hey, if you watch it, no, don't tell me anything. Don't talk about it. I want to watch it first. Now that I've watched some, one of the things that I came came away with, honestly, and if you're a Raider fan and you watch it, you'll hate Mahomes as much as you hate Mahomes. I get it. Uh, is Kirk Cousins is a cool dude, man. Now, forget the play on the field. I'm not. I'm not going to get into that yet. But really cool guy, really good guy, family guy. Like you just you watch it and you start to think, boy, 
I, I would root for that guy to be successful if I was a Vikings fan or whoever, you know, whatever team he was on, including Washington. But what's interesting is Marcus Mariota, who's the third quarterback in there, and obviously out of the two has the least amount of success. They told the series in the interview that they felt that Cousins, both of them, including Mahomes, felt that Cousins was the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. Interesting, interesting point. Now, we can go into the numbers and talk about why he is or isn't, but here's why I bring this up, Mo, because Kirk Cousins, when asked the same question, because they asked all three quarterbacks the same questions, do you know who he said his most underrated quarterback in the NFL was? You'll never guess. Derek Carr? No, Jimmy Garoppolo. Interesting. Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'm going to read you the quote. Now, I'm not here to do PR for Jimmy Garoppolo. You and the listeners out there, you know where Mo and I stand on Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, right? Because we're very similar. But here's what he said. Quote, I kind of always scratch my head at the Jimmy Garoppolo situation in San Francisco because I know how hard it is to win in the league. And it seems like every time he goes out there, they win. And then they're moving on from him or trying to draft somebody and trade up. And I'm thinking it's pretty hard to win double digit games in this league. And that's all they seem to do when, when he plays. So obviously I don't know all that goes on there, but if he does it again with the Raiders at some point, this guy's just a winner. Then Mahomes chimed in. I hope he doesn't do it again with the Raiders, <laughs> which is of course the AFC West rival is said in jest, but it's interesting because we talk about it in these terms, Mo, which is, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the kind of quarterback who's going to take you on his shoulders. We said the same thing about Derek Carr and make you will you to win. But and I think what Kirk Cousins is getting at here and he's saying it as a quarterback, maybe not understanding the situation or his injury history, by the way, is the idea that for whatever reason, when he's managing the game and he's the leader on the field, he gets the most out of the players around him again. If he's got the, the, the crew around him, and it doesn't mention the defense, but that's part of it. So the idea here is that Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner, and the numbers bear that out when he's able to play. But again, situationally, having a defense, having a great offense, having great coaching also plays into that. Now, he said something there. He said, why, you know, 49ers are trying to replace him with a young guy, trying to replace him every year. I think the idea is you have to remember these teams know these players a lot better than we do. And I think right. the 49ers have the confidence that not only can they win without Jimmy Garoppolo and he, and that's just a plug and play position because of what he does for the, or what he doesn't do for the offense. I, I feel like the 49ers felt like we get a quarterback who could stretch the field. Our offense would be a lot better. So the 49ers are basically saying, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo may be a winner. He, you know, he, he's a decent, capable quarterback. Mm-hmm. But he's not pulling the the team to victory, so to speak, and we he, we can replace him and still win games. And they did last year. Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. Brock Purdy comes in. Brock Purdy was the last pick in the 2022 NFL draft, and the and the 49ers still went all the way to the NFC Championship game with Brock Purdy under center. And now they have Sam Donald there battling with with um, Trey Lance for the starting spot. But not to be long winded, the 49ers feel that Jimmy Garoppolo was replaceable. They went mm-hmm. up for Trey Lance. They, they got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason and brought in Sam Darnold. They obviously felt like, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo did some good things, but we, we could still win games without him. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, no, it's a good point, but I just thought it's interesting. And again, players are players, but you know, there's, there's, he looked at him and, and, and in some ways, you know, they, they might be similar. I mean, Kirk Cousins hasn't gotten as injured as much as, as Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think he's probably a little bit better of a quarterback when you look at the, the arm yeah. and, the, and the ability to throw downfield. Right. Yeah. But, but that, that next level quarterback that kind of flies below the radar, I think they're both in that, that, that realm, that under 15 or 12 to 15, whatever you want to call it. Remember Scott, I, I put out those stats. I spoke about these stats last week. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't thrown for 4,000 yards in a season yet in a season. Right. Kirk cousins yeah. has done it multiple, several times already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and thrown for over 30 plus touchdowns. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has 30 plus touchdowns in a season yet either. So the numbers are why Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess is disrespected around the leagues because he's just not that guy to put up big numbers. Now putting yeah. up big numbers doesn't equate to wins, but if you need a guy to pull you out of a, of a deficit, as I said last week, Jimmy Garoppolo, isn't that guy. And I was in a conversation with John um, rock Raider five, eight, five last mm-hmm. week. And he basically said, who's to say Jimmy Garoppolo can't carry an offense with his arm. And I said, well, in San Francisco, it wasn't like he had chopped liver and his pass catching group. He had an all pro tight end in George Kittle. He had a thousand yard receiver in Debo Samuel and another thousand yard receiver in Brandon Ayuk. So it wasn't right. like the 49ers pass catcher group wasn't good. It was pretty good. And Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers were still pretty modest for a group with that amount of talent. So that tells you to me, in a sense, he needs a defense, he needs a run game to succeed. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh that I heard I heard a lot of fans conversing with me too online about that about well you know but he's got Devontae I said yes but if you look in San Francisco it was a damn good lineup so yes and and again I'm sure Raider fans if it meant them winning 12 games and going deep in the playoffs and Jimmy G's throws for 3,200 yards they'd take it but you'd have to have a really good defense to do that in my view and they're not there on defense now they might be a lot better on defense this year we're just starting camp today. We don't know yet what, what's going to happen and how this is going to shape up. But a defense, building a defense tends to take some time, and there's some holes there, linebacker. And they're going to have to to put that together. So we'll see what happens. But just an interesting conversation, a good series to watch. Now that football's starting, uh, you might, if you want to get back into the rhythm of just getting hyped about football, uh, as, as much as you have to watch Patrick Mahomes <laughs> for Raiders fans, uh, a good show. I highly recommend it. So it'll, it'll be fun. But... Uh, you know, there's just all these all these things out there, and and we try to bring them to you when we can. Mo, uh, we're going to wrap up the show here in a second. And again, reminder: the great Ross Tucker will be with us on Thursday, so make sure you tune in. Mo, tell everybody what you got going this week. We know about, of course, tomorrow Wednesday you have your Bleacher Report live. Give everybody the details on that and what else you got coming from a writing perspective. So just to reiterate, I'll go over training camp battles, the top training camp battles, maybe three to five, probably most likely five, because there are a lot of positions up for grabs on the defensive side of the ball. There are some on on the offensive side, but I mostly focus on defense for the people, for the fans who yell defense, defense, defense. Anytime a Raiders discussion comes up, we'll go into that on Wednesday. 
That'll be 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern time, Wednesday on a Bleach Report live show. And I haven't decided quite yet what I'm going to do for Sports Night. But what I will say is that it'll be, obviously, it'll be training camp related and just kind of an update on looking ahead. Like, what are we expecting from the Raiders at the training camp? Because I just want to say this now, before even the practices ramp up, the training camp practices are a lot more important than the preseason games. I want to emphasize that because every year we get a player who who busts out and shines during the preseason and he doesn't make the roster or he only makes the practice squad and the fans are like, dude ran for 200 yards or he had you know four sacks. Why isn't he on the main roster? The practices are more important than the actual preseason games. So just keep that in mind as you're going through as we're going through training camp and as we get to the preseason in a couple of weeks. Good stuff, man. Make sure you follow Mo on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And then also, if you're going to watch him on, on tomorrow's Bleacher Report Live, I would recommend downloading early the Bleacher Report app on yes. your phone. Then you can go find Mo there. He will not be wearing a hat, so you get to see his haircut. I'm sure you're going to hit the barber Monday, yes. Tuesday, yes. Wednesday. So yes. you had a couple get, days to get to the barber before tomorrow's show. Get freshened up and and, and be Midtown Mo again. I, I've been <laughs> Midtown Mo for about a month and a half, so now I got to get back into the character and, and, and be a little more buttoned up and give the Raiders fans what, what hopefully what they want to hear. It's Midtown Mo. <laughs> there you go. There he is. Now you understand that when he's when he's making his way into Midtown, <laughs> he puts this on 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 repeat, and he just uh, he struts down the street. He's like Midtown Mo. I can see that, that man. We gotta get that, some video a- of you guys walking into it's a Bleacher Report. We'll put this to the music. <laughs> I'll get them to do a little bit of a longer version. We'll do a little a little mini documentary. Not to compare myself to Devontae Adams, but he, <laughs> he said during an interview that he likes to have something mellow him out before he gets on the field. Because I think Dan Pratchett asked him, like, what do you listen to before you get into the game? Do you have yeah. like a hype music or a hype track that you listen to? And he's like, no, nah, I like to mellow out a little bit. He's an R&B guy. He likes to kind of calm down. He listened to Erica Badu. I think with that tune that you have, that intro is a good yeah. way to, to kind of mellow out. Because sometimes you get a little jittery. You know you're about to go on air and you have thousands of people listening to you. I have to kind of calm down, just kind of have some zen before I go live. And that's a perfect intro to help me just kind of relax before I go live. Avocado smoothie and some funk, baby. That's yeah. what you see. It's, it's yeah. easy to solve. Get you, get you yeah. all settled down. I love it. All right. Well, make sure you do that. I'm going to be writing <laughs> on Raider Ramble later this week about josh mcdaniels everybody's favorite subject oh man yes third rail that's one of the third rail discussions the third rail but i'm going to take an objective point of view i'm not taking the the objective uh, or the view of an angry fan or uh, a negative (laughs) journalist just trying to hammer josh mcdaniels that's all i'm going to do i'm also not writing a fluff piece about him but uh just a perspective on how much i think is at stake for him this year even though if the raiders don't do well i don't think he gets fired Except there are some reasons why he could be, and I'll discuss that in the piece as well. Scott, beware, because Saturday going into Sunday, I was in a back and forth on Twitter, Raider fans, and the minute you say, well, you think Josh McDaniels is going to get more than or yeah. be the coach beyond 2023, Raiders fans will say, oh, you're shilling for the coach. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're just trying to stick up for the, for the regime. You're not yeah. being objective. You're biased. And it's like, and, and I made this point, and I haven't made this point in the show, that if you look at the Raiders' moves, and maybe I have made this point, but if you look at the Raiders' moves during this offseason, 
they made moves that suggest that they're going to be there beyond 2023. They made moves Correct. that weren't really urgent. You don't sign a quarterback, an injury-prone quarterback who you know needs surgery and draft a player seventh overall that just came off of surgery if you know your job is directly on the line and directly to tie to wins. Those are moves that are made for Correct. a regime that knows it's rebuilding. And I pulled a, I pulled a column from Vic's piece recently that said, Mark Davis and Dave Ziegler have already said they're not measuring the 2023 season on wins. If yes. you're on a hot seat, you're not going to send that message. You're not going to say something like that. You Correct. say something like that when you know you have more than one year to fix the roster. And and the and the and Raider fans don't like that, especially those that aren't fans of. Look, I don't think there's any f- big fan of Josh McDaniels because he hasn't proven anything yet. Right. So, but for the fans that are more optimistic and want to give the guy a chance, great. For the people who want him gone already and don't believe he can do it, and there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I and I understand their opinion. And I don't I don't in any way belittle it. I just think that you're in for a couple of years. So, so uh, unless, and and, and I'll talk about that in the piece too, because it it is what it is and you have to get used to it. And if you're, if it's going to make you so angry that you don't want to watch your team, that's a rough spot. But as I, as I mentioned this week, a couple of times on Twitter and got the wrath of folks, because uh, (laughs) I mentioned some things like, Hey, I don't know how you root for another team. If you're the fan of one team versus the other, but either way, again, people can do what they want. But you're kind of banging your head against the wall if you want Josh McDaniels fired. Now, again, there are ways that he could be fired. Absolutely. Those would be really terrible for this team and for this franchise. And even much as you want him gone, you don't want that to happen because it would not be good overall for the franchise. So we'll see how it goes. But anyway, that's where we're at. But we will see you back here on Thursday with Ross Tucker. Also, remember, we, we start our schedule again on 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the radio this coming Sunday. So our first episode of the new season will be heard and you'll hear all the great stuff we're doing here on silver and black today and Odyssey original podcast. Mo Moten have a great couple days. We'll be watching the live on Wednesday and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Appreciate it, Scott buckle up Raider nation training <laughs> camp is here. Absolutely. All right. For our producer, Mike Robbie, our radio producer back in Las Vegas, Mark Bonilla, uh, it has been Silver and Black today. Mo Moten, Scott Branson. We will talk to you all on Thursday. Enjoy the beginning of training camp. It's right around the corner, folks. Games, yes, pads, crunching football. It's back. We love it. Take care and uh, be good to one another out there. Bye-bye.